0: This podcast is powered by the plug. <laughs> word,
1: word, word. word. Life, we could talk about that too.
0: This life is dope podcast. I'm graffiti.
1: Oh, oh, oh we started? <laughs> I'm David. I'm David. How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling great.
0: Uh, we got this uh, alkaline water. I know, man. They got us feeling fancy. That's that man's like. But check it out, man. I know y'all see it on the camera. We've had some special guests on this show, and we just keep glowing up. This brother right here, though, is like a full blown. Legend. So, Baruch. we gotta we gotta we gotta properly introduce. Brian. I know. Have
1: we introduced a legend yet? Have we interviewed a legend? We had Kid Capri. I'm not okay, sure okay, you well, are now. Oh, but,
0: okay. but we got the legend. No, we right are. here. <laughs> right here, man. Without further ado, we bringing you the Trill OG himself, the Trill OG, Big Bun B to Bun B. Y'all make some hey. noise.
2: Thank you, thank you, Petey. Thank you, Dave. Thank you guys for having me. No doubt, man. So. First of all, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Oh, it's no problem. And I'm in the city anyway. So Word. So we're going to get out. to that. What well, what brings you to Denver? Uh, well, I'm currently um, working with a brand called Mez. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm one of the people behind the scenes for the brand right now. And so Mez is obviously a cannabis lifestyle brand. Work. You know what I'm saying? So right now we're primarily dealing in oils and pens. Uh, we will be expanding to tree at some point. Um, but we're just now breaking in, just getting some accounts in Denver, right. getting ready to open up some more accounts in a couple of other states, and just be a part of not just the movement and the culture, because me, myself, I've always been a part of it, you mm. know what I'm saying? Um, but just getting the word out about it, you know what I'm saying? And, and letting people know, you know, it's it's okay right. to have THC in your system, right. you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's definitely okay if you need CBDs in your system, you Facts. know what I'm saying? So you know, as this, as you know, the, the times are changing and the world we live in is changing. Um, there's a there's a new level of acceptance for marijuana, for cannabis, you know, saying for the entire culture. And I don't see why, you know, people out here who have helped to perpetuate the culture shouldn't be able to find themselves in a position to capitalize off the culture.
1: You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, so why Why exactly cannabis? Is it just more just seeing that opportunity of, okay, everyone else is, is getting money out here. Um, I mean, b- unfortunately, you know, black people were getting locked up for for decades behind it. Right. And now Absolutely. white people are making money. So, it's, so you just saw it more of an opportunity?
2: Well, I mean, for me, obviously, you know, being educated in the space um, helps, you know what I'm saying? um it's literally one of the, the fastest growing industries in the world mm. so you, you know you definitely as an entrepreneur you want to be on on the cutting edge of something like that um but i think most importantly um it it just makes sense you know what i'm saying for what right. i've been doing and to have that first hand knowledge of it you know what i'm saying from the recreational side to you know the retail side of it for good or bad however you want to put it right um so- you know, but but it's a product that I actively use, right? Like, I've had hindrance to invest in certain industries because I'm not as knowledgeable about it as, as I would like to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? I talk with a ch- chameleon about the tech world all the time. And, you know, he's like, man, adamant about me coming in and getting in the fold and going out to different places. And I'm just trying to find that point of reference mm-hmm. where – I can come in and actually be knowledgeable about the space. Mm-hmm. Um, but with TAC with, with and, and cannabis, I, I have the knowledge already. You know what I'm saying? I put right. in a lot of the groundwork. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's so sure. speak. <laughs> um, and like I said, I have a point of reference for it. I can speak to it. And I use the product. So, you know, you want to be a person that that's, you know, participating in what it is you're selling. You know what I'm saying? You want to be active in it. And I think people seeing you being active in it kind of helps the connection a little bit more.
0: Oh, awesome. Absolutely. Um I myself have a extensive background in the world of cannabis, you know, uh THC and pharmaceuticals, but now I'm more so leaning towards the CBD side of things, of course. Um and it's kind of a newer experience for me and I'm like, man, I I could have, you know, been on this a while back. Um you want to speak on that a little bit cuz I know you're a heavy advocate for CBD.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um you know, we, you know, I come from an environment where we never really had the direct link to to ease all pains and you know eliminate all woes. So we were always looking at alternative ways to get to where we were trying to go. Mm-hmm. And I think CBD kind of fits right into that mode of life, right, where people are, you know, they're tired of pills, basically, right? They're right. tired of these heavy medical regimens that they have to go through four, five, six six. Pills a day, and if you use this pill, you have to take this pill to counterreact mm-hmm. the effects of that pill and all of that. And it's just a very ugly cycle that people find themselves in. And for a lot of these things, it's, you know, um, they don't necessarily need that. There is another option. Right. CBD does come into play for those things. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm an old head now. I'm not as young as I used to be. I can't get around as fast right. and as quick as I would like to. These joints don't bend the way I like them to <laughs> bend all the time. CBD helps with that. I've dealt with mental health issues in the past, dealing with depression, severe anxiety from, you know, from my lifestyle and CBD helps with that, Right? you know? So I think there's a lot of people out here who are using the benefits of TAC and CBD to deal with things that they don't even realize they're dealing with, right? right? I, I think when people start to delve into the world of, TAC or even if they delve into pills or harder drugs or whatever, it's to alleviate anxieties and to try to deal with memories and pain and, and different things that they're dealing with in life that they don't want on the frontal lobe all the time. You know right. what I'm saying? Now the harder the drug, you know, the the stronger the brain the blood brain barrier situation becomes. And then you've 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 gone past alleviating pain or memories or mental issues and now your whole lifestyle is dedicated just to getting the drug because there's right. a withdrawal situation going in. CBD is different, right? It's not about addictiveness with CBD. It's about treatment with right. CBD. You know what I'm saying? And as we get more and more pharmaceutical companies doing more R&D and you know, different um, pharmaceutical firms doing more and more research and more doctors and, and hospitals doing more research on the medicinal benefits of CBD, we see that it's it's a path for people who live in areas where they could get it mm-hmm. to get what they need to deal with life mm. on a daily basis without having to deal with the ramifications of what happens when you take this pill for six months straight.
1: Right. That may actually be one of the most uh, articulate responses about THC that I've ever heard coming from a rapper. <laughs> Let me just say
2: that. Well, we're coming from a different place now, right? Yeah. When I was young. <laughs>
0: Sports steroids, I think it's a good thing. Look what it's done to our baseball players. Roger Clemens, my man, he can throw a ball 380 miles an hour. Steroids after 20 years, that's a bad motherfucker. I think there should be a whole new league where you can have all the steroids you want. Who cares if you grow another foot? You got three fucking feet. Run, motherfucker. I spent 700 dollars for a basketball game. I want to see a motherfucker fly. Let them all have steroids. Boxing, I want to see somebody knock that motherfucker's head off. I want to see a hockey player. Eat the fucking pup. I'm going to tell you who needs some steroids. The soccer player. Three fucking hours. The score is one to one. Give him some steroids. I want to see the score 115 to 150. I'll pay to see some shit like that, but you need steroids. I'm going to get me some fucking steroids. I want to be able to bang, bang, bang a girl for about two years. Knock a motherfucker out. Boom, 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 boom. And give him to the people going over there in that rack. Give him some steroids. That should have been over. They had steroids. That's the home. we done not killed everybody. Come on.
2: Marijuana, THC, flower, whatever you want to call it. Cannabis was in my life for different things. Right. right. And, you know, there was a coolness factor of it, you know, because when I started smoking weed in the 80s, this is prior to the chronic. So smoking, smoking marijuana was not the end thing. There was a coolness in it being sort of counterculture, mm. right? right? Which hip-hop was also at the time. Hip-hop was not this major popular music form that it is now. So right. it was just a part of me being, you know, not necessarily anti-social but just kind of anti-status quo right right you know and so as life goes on you know dr dre comes out with the chronic um it causes this major shift in acceptance and even really just awareness right of marijuana and and thc and and there's a lifestyle that's attributed to it so a lot of people come into it through that Mm-hmm. But then as people get older and, and you know, we have family members that, you know, a lot of times the, the use of CBD doesn't even come um, to the need of the person that's actually using THC. They find out that, you know, as they go to dispensaries. Right. And, you know, a lot of times you had to get, you know, the medical and the recreational was all in that same space. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself kind of like, yo, why are you? You know, you see people that don't look like you. Right. Right. And they're in that space. And you're wondering, like, well they obviously don't listen to Dr. Dre right. or listen to hip hop. So what's their connection? Are you guys old hippies or what? And it's, no, no, it helps with my sciatica. It helps with my back pain, right? It helps it helps with my cataracts. It helps with the, there's all these other medicinal um benefits that people are getting from yeah. it. And so now I'm like, well, you know, am I even am I getting high wrong, right? Mm. And you know, and it, it's not so much that it's really is that I'm I'm kind of basically limiting myself. Right. If I'm only, you know, smoking marijuana, that's high in THC, but low in CBD, then I'm not really addressing the anxiety as well as I think I am. Right. Right. And not only not only that, I could probably take in something that can not only give me a, a, a euphoric state. But could also give me these physical benefits, you know what I'm saying, right. help with these joints, you know help help the o g get around a little bit right for real, so you know I started asking more questions and I started reading about more things and I started realizing that this world was touching many different people from many different walks of life for different reasons, mm-hmm. and I'm like it only makes sense that if you're gonna if you're gonna get into this business right and you're gonna be dealing with this and you know it's it's like if I want to If I want to start a brewery, Mm -hmm. right, I'd be crazy to just make one kind of beer. Right. As as I learn more about brewing and micro brews and all these different pilsners and different kind of things that people like, and I realize, okay, well, if they like this, they'll probably like that too. And maybe they'll want this. So you have to look at it from a business aspect and not limit yourself. You know what I'm saying? If all I wanted to, just to be very frank, if all I wanted to do was sell weed, I don't have to get into the cannabinoid business right right but then i'd be selling myself short because i'm if i'm going to go through all the trouble of setting up you know grow houses and and we're going to be you know turning strains into oils and yeah. the wax and the shatter and all of these different things then well what else I, I might as well just go ahead and move into the cbd field myself yeah. and so when i got with the guys at mez this was kind of the outlook that they had right mm-hmm. it was like well yeah we can get in and, and break ground through this but our end game should be this right you know what i'm saying so we can come in and we can start primarily with something that you know gives people that euphoria but then also have these other residual benefits that make people want to break more bread with you
0: absolutely and i think now um just as i get older as well it's just seeing that that side of it the health benefits and then i think we're kind of in an odd space cuz it's like i try to explain you know to like some relatives or something kind of with that old school mentality like mm-hmm. yo that back pain that the doctor probably going to give you some Vicodin and you're going to rub being gay on like this will do it for you. And they like, right. oh, we don't want to smoke weed. And I'm like, but you know, it's, it's weed, but it's not weed, you know, to right. explain CBD. And so it still kind of has that, that,
2: odd, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, it's that counterculture, right? Yeah. It's that counterculture aspect. It's something that was never really, um, accepted, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, for for us, for our generation, right. Right? if we have somebody in our family that got high, they were Kind of, probably like the uncle that your mom didn't want you around <laughs> right, right. that often. You know Some what I'm saying. I'm back. going to <laughs> Uncle Terry's house. What you going to Uncle Terry's house for? They Ain't doing nothing getting high over there. What you going <laughs> right, right over yeah. there for? Kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying. But yeah. now Uncle Terry doesn't need, really need THC. Yeah. Right. He'll take THC, but Uncle Terry really needs CBD. Right. You know what I'm saying. Then guess what, Uncle Terry? The same people that got the THC got the CBD now. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying. So it's it's slowly but surely. Being looked at different because the conversation of the legitimacy of what CBD does for people isn't coming from what people tend to refer to as the stoner crowd, right? Right, They're educated individuals, professional people, scientists, doctors, and people who are all of the mind frame that this actually affects change in people. And we should look into making it more readily available.
1: Right, definitely. Do you think that we can get hip-hop on board with it? Because I think that, you know, we've seen commercial mainstream hip hop glorify drug dealing to glorifying drug culture to just like ab- abusing, you know, whether it's pills, lean, right. can we, can we get hop, get hip hop on board with the actual medical portion of THC instead I, of having, I,
2: I think we can, but I think it's, it, here's the thing, right? When we think of this, the benefits of CBDs, um, it's a lot of it is pain relief. Mm-hmm. Younger people don't necessarily deal in pain relief as older people do. Okay, when you're younger, your body bounces back right. a lot faster. You don't really deal with pain on a on a daily basis. It's like you know, you break your arm on Monday, get the cast on Tuesday. Right by next Wednesday, you don't say you're trying to get that thing off and get yeah. back up there. Well, older people's body don't regenerate as quickly and as easily. So I feel like the generation of hip hop that needs to speak to this is that '90s and 2000 era. Mm. Right, because those are the people that, you know, quite frankly, like myself, bodies are starting to break down in certain areas. You know, it's running back and forth on those stages all the times. So you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, just living a very, you know, intense lifestyle, traveling a lot, right. moving around a lot, being involved with a lot of things, and the body starts to wear down, and you realize that you have other things that you can do. But try taking a, you know, uh, you know, a vicodin, like you were saying. You know, mm-hmm. these pain pills that have these seriously addictive qualities in it. You know, there's other options for us now. right? And I think that that generation of hip-hop who still has a voice, mm-hmm. right, and still has connectivity to an audience that will probably be breaking down mm-hmm. around the same time they, they are, they can start pushing that down to that. Those people, like myself, are now parents and grandparents. Right. So now we're more educated about everything that THC, cannabis and CBD encompasses and we can help make healthy decisions not just for ourselves but also guide our younger people through that world because there's a lot of people that I know now, you know, I have a good friend who has a child with autism, mm-hmm. CBD helps that child deal with that. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I'm saying? So as mm-hmm. we let people know that there are these other benefits, you know what I'm saying, for CBD, then we start to break down these walls. Right,
0: for sure. That's a good segue kind of shift gears a little bit. Um just talking about generations in hip-hop and just how we're starting to see hip-hop mature. I feel like we're in this space right now that we've never seen before. You know, like, we're uh, artists like yourself. We are we look to you outside of just rap, you know what I mean? Right. For, for more of educational purposes and politics and things like that, which was always in the music, but now it's in the forefront when you see, like, Uh, example you see like a 21 Savage or like you see what Meek is doing now and you look at a Jay-Z and Nipsey and it's like it's in our face like look we got to build credit we got to get healthy we got to take care of these kids Um, do you feel like this is I want to say a different type of space but
2: no no it's exactly what it should be right it's exactly what it should be because Hip-hop is only within like its first 40 years of age. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you become a 40-year-old man, this is when you start telling the youngsters, look, youngster, you might be doing this wrong. I see what you're trying to do, but this is the way to get to it. That's what our culture is doing now. Our culture has learned the right way to do things. We've also learned the wrong way to do things. We've learned the ramifications of our actions, Mm -hmm. the repercussions of the choices that we make. And so we're trying to give the next generation a, a, a better way of navigating through right. the culture, through life in general, right? Because mm-hmm. so many of these young brothers now, like, you know, the hip-hop before me, the early days of hip-hop, they made sandwich bag money. They made some good money, but it probably didn't, you know, the show money probably could fill up a sandwich bag. Right. We made grocery bag money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. These guys now are making trash bag money. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's so much crazy income that a lot of these young cats are coming into, and there's a lot of great decisions that they can now make. You know, to secure themselves and their family for years to come. Opportunities that were never available to us. Definitely. You know, the only way we made money off music was to sell music physically from a store mm-hmm. or have music played on the radio. Now you have all these streaming services. You have, you know, movie trailers, TV commercials, product. Every, everything you could think of is being sold by hip-hop. Right. So a person can make one song and have 12 different revenue streams. Mm. just from that one record. That's before they even make the album. right? So that's a lot of money coming in. And if you don't have a plan for it, or if you don't have anybody that can inform you of wise ways to you know, at least save it the right way, you know what I'm saying, invest it the right way, or if you're going to spend it, spend it the right way. You know All what right. I'm saying? So now these cats, you know, if they want the direction and they want the information, they can look to a Jay-Z and be like, okay, this guy is not just a successful rapper, he's mm-hmm. a successful businessman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? and He took rap money and turned it into wealth, like yeah. genuine wealth, not just a couple of meals, like we're talking real wealth, right, you know what I'm saying and so and that's what I want for my family, you yeah. know what I'm saying, so let me find out if I'm even in a position to move in that space, and if so, how quickly can I start moving in that space and depending on the kind of lifestyle that you've come from and the upbringing that you had, the more adamancy you're gonna have about getting to that point, yeah, you know for real, and so that's what we have now we have these young brothers who are making really good money and they wanna keep it. Yeah, You know what I'm saying, they they had a little fun, they realized they bought a bunch of jewelry and shit that's really not gonna appreciate in time, you know what I'm saying, and it's like okay, when this next round of money come around, I don't need no more jewelry, I don't need no more watches, yeah. I got the car, I got the house, mama good, how can I keep this bankroll going forever? Yeah, and How can I take this rap money and turn it into some of that CEO money that y'all are getting? Mm. And we're lucky because the brothers that are getting at the E40s of the world, the Russell Simmons, the Puffies, the Jay Z's, all these brothers that have turned, um, you know, rap money or, you know, show money into, uh, you know, corporate money, you know what I'm saying? Are not ashamed of telling us what it is that we need to do and helping us find our path through this thing. We're obviously not going to be able to go. And do what everybody else did. But there's something there for us. We just got to get out there and try different things. And I think this is the perfect time for it. We have a great level of communication between our generation and the next generation where where they want to learn. And they're smart enough. They can see the success that certain people are having. So they know exactly who to go to. And those brothers have been kind enough to not turn their backs on that and not like, like nah, we in this circle, we good, y'all got to figure it out yourself. No, right. they know what it is to be a young black man with a little money in his hands, you know what I'm saying, trying to figure out what to do with it. Do I buy another car? Mm-hmm. Do I buy a house? You know what I'm saying? Do I? Right. You know What do I do with this money? And so they understand it's important to the culture that the more of us that turn from just artists into entrepreneurs and businessmen, the better off the, the whole culture is, the better off all of our own um, – you know, respective communities can become absolutely. So if me, you know, can change lives in Philadelphia, you know, I can change lives in Houston. Kendrick can change lives in LA, and then you know, that way, our, all of our respective communities learn how to come up and try to change some things.
1: Right. How important is it to be a student of the game? Because if you if you listen to rappers now, a lot of them they'll they'll diss Tupac or they'll diss Biggie in interviews just to try and get some clout or some recognition. Right. Whereas if you asked uh, UGK 20 years ago, you guys would say you guys are very knowledgeable about uh, African Bambada and Cool Herc and the the pioneers of hip hop. So how important how important
2: is it to be a student of the game? I think it's it's fairly important. You don't you don't have to be a student of the game or the culture to be successful. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you can come in and make a record that. Doesn't, you know, doesn't go along with any rules or standards or anything. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be anomalies right. in, in this world. But being successful and staying successful and keeping success, right? Mm-hmm. Those are different things. Mm-hmm. So, and I think nowadays we have a lot of people that have fame and infamy confused, right. right? So when you're famous, being famous is being known for something that you want to be known for. Right. Being infamous is being known for something that you'd rather not have people talk about. Right. You know what I'm saying, but we live in an age now where there's the motto "All pub is good pub, right? You know what I'm saying? Somebody talking about you, it doesn't matter if they you know what they're saying about you as long as they're talking about you right. and some people don't mind being paid to be a pariah hmm. that's just that's just the reality of the world we live in. You look at these reality t v shows and somebody's got to be the scapegoat, somebody's got to be the fall guy and because a lot of this stuff is somewhat scripted, you already have an idea of who's going to be the fall guy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But you see the amount of money that's on the check, and you figure like I'm not getting any money or this kind of money from anything else that I'm doing. So why not do this? Yeah, you know. And I, you know, there's a way to live life being the bad guy. Floyd Mayweather's made that's a fair. very good living out of being the bad guy. A lot of wrestlers. I know I've made a very good living out of Yeah. Even Hulk Hogan was one of the biggest wrestlers in the world. He was a good guy. He ended up going to being a bad guy Shout because he just,
1: NWO. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? So it's
2: just, it's you know, it's just a different world and a different time we live in. The only thing is is that our culture doesn't necessarily allow a lot of us to separate the work from the from the real world. That's the and thing. that's where the thing comes in. So if people yeah. hate you in your art form or in your industry, it tends to translate over into real life. If people actually start hating you in real life, yeah. you know? Like, if you, people play on soap operas, you know, get confronted all the time. How could you do that? <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. It's a TV show. This ain't real, you know?
0: That's the thing with the viral society, though, is, like, now everybody's kind of a character. You know what I mean? So
2: Yeah, everybody feels they need to play a part to fit in or to right. make themselves stand out. Nobody just wants to go with the flow anymore. Everybody's got to find a way to stand out. Or pay people up. to beat them up. Just be right. <laughs> so what? Well, we, what do they do? They put their lives, they put their their family put everything on the line for, you know, for a moment. Yeah, literally. That's and what these it moments is. don't last long at all. Mm-hmm. And you never capitalize off of them in the way that you think you are. Yeah. You know, so you try your luck if you want.
0: Right, you know? right. But speaking of a moment, man, so like now we're in this era, like I said, kind of that viral society where I wouldn't say it's easier or harder, you know, for these younger artists, but we got way more platforms uh, specifically talking about music, just right. to be heard. Um, but now it's the challenge of how people are going to hear you. So everybody's on Instagram, everybody's on everything, but you gotta be that guy that stands out amongst that versus, you know, you come from the out-the-trunk era, right? whereas we moving these records, you buy it, boom, that's our income, you like it. Now it's kind of like the Wild Wild West. It's like we got all these outlets, but we almost flooded with too much information yeah, well- and too many resources.
2: I think I think the big part of that, not to cut you off, no, you but I, th- I think a big part of that is the age of hip-hop. Like someone, someone, I, I wish I could remember who it was, but someone was like, yo, when we got hip-hop, hip-hop was a brand-new car. Yeah. It had no miles on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This new generation is getting a used car. A bucket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So they, they ride it like you would ride a bucket. They hull it out. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They, you know, they don't wash it as much as they should. They don't clean it <laughs> don't change the inside as much as they could. They don't do any real care to it. Yeah. As long as it gets them from A to B, that's really all they care about. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And the minute that car breaks down, they're going to leave it on the side of the road. You know, and that's kind of what, what happens somewhat. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to do what we did. Things are going to change. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's the other side of it is the sheer number, right? Like when we started making music, obviously hip-hop was still very young there was not a lot of albums coming out. So in a month's time, you know, in the early 90s, you would probably see four or five albums come out, right? You know, and so that's not a lot of music to take in. It's not hard to get to figure out who they are, if that's what you want to be into and be able to ride with it and let music grow on you. Right. Well, nowadays, you've probably got at least 400 new guys that have never released the music dropping the songs a day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's very hard for people to try to figure out who it is they want to listen to. It's very hard to, you know, because this song kind of sounds like that song kind of sounding kind of like that, that song. Mm-hmm. So, so in order for people to stand out, it has to be a lifestyle thing. So now we're, I'm not just selling you music, I'm selling you my life, mm. you know what I'm saying? So then it becomes, well, how interesting is your life on a daily basis? So even if your life isn't it isn't that interesting, yeah, you have to try to create or perpetuate a lifestyle that's very interesting in order for people to be like, Okay, you got some crazy shit going on. I'll fuck mm-hmm. with that. You know what I'm saying? You got people out here now who do that that don't make music. Right. And then they get this big following. Now it's like, Well, what do I do with it? That's why you see a lot of like YouTubers yeah. now are making music. Yep. Because they're already they've already got subscribers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If a subscriber looks at a video of what they do during the day, they're only going to watch that maybe one time, maybe twice. But if it's a song, they're going to listen to it repeatedly. Right. So a YouTuber can put up a post. Now, there's one guy I was looking at, um, this kid, um, Rice Gum. I know Rice is from the Faze Clan group of guys. I met him at uh, Wildin' Out. Yep. So, and he did. they did Gumball with us as well. And I was just looking into his page and his subscribers and stuff. And so pretty much every post he does gets like maybe 2.4, 2.5 million. Wow. But he did a song. And the song got 193 million views. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So now he has a brand new revenue stream. The song isn't even, he's not even trying to be like a dope rapper. Yeah. It's just, he's just rapping. Talking about his life, his car, his house, the stuff (laughs) he goes through. Which is not like, it's an interesting life. It's not like you know yo i'm 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 in the, you know i'm i'm doing a bunch of crazy wild gangster shit no it's like yo look at all my shoes my closet is crazy kind of a thing you know what i'm saying so right it but people are realizing that there's all these different ways that you can connect with people so once you find one way to connect with people you lock in on that and you make sure you give them that but mm-hmm. then you start looking at what other things are they interested in mm-hmm. right you know what i'm saying who else are they following what else do they like to see And then you can start to feed that as well. Now you've got two different things that one person is breaking bread with you on. The more things you can find um, that they're into that you're into, the more ways you can connect, that's just more different revenue. It's just like if you go to a merch stand. I like that shirt. I like that hoodie. I like that cap. Much of this stuff that I feel like I could sell to you, I'm going to try to cater and market and sell to you. Right. And that's just just smart business. Absolutely. So I think a lot of people are underestimating this new generation and how savvy they are, moving through this world different and figuring type of hustle, out man. how how to make this shit work. They yeah. they really have a, um, they really have a good lock on it. Word, word, word. Speaking
0: of hustle, man, we are not gonna hold you up too long. We know you got moves to make. No, I appreciate it. Um, one thing I did want to tap on just real quick is, hey, you kids, quit slamming my goddamn door. You speak a lot. On the community and just you know the the state of the world and the way things is going, just from following you, um, politicians, right? We, we got we got a lot of politicians on their on their runs right now on their media runs, uh, hopping on radio shows, doing this that that that. Um, it feels like to me, just this personally, I can't speak for everybody, but there's a lot of pandering going on. <laughs> like everybody wants that young hip hop vote these days, mm. but. Realistically, us we listening to to Bun B. You know, what right. I mean, we we listening to what Nipsey's talking about. We're not really listening to these politicians. You ever seen yourself in the space of maybe running for some type of office?
2: I did. You know, I I had to. There was a there was a point um, right before the last mayoral election, um, which I, I'm good friends with the guy that's mayor now, and I, I I had no interest in running against him or anything like that. Um, but there was like um, a group of people that wanted a different voice mm-hmm. in that chair and sent the representative to me to ask me if I would be open to having people fund my political campaign, but I had no idea who these people were, right. and I didn't know what they would want after it was done, right? Like, nobody's gonna do something like that for you, put you in that kind of a power position just to see you with power. Right. You know, they're gonna want something that that power gives you to give them. Right. And so, based, and, and the other side on, uh, of it is, based on how long I've been doing what I've been doing, that there are certain resources and people that I am already connected with, mm. that to the point that I don't need to be a mayor to make that many more connections Got that I already have, and I'm not beholden to anybody as a private citizen but mm. myself. Once you become you know a politician and you have people funding you, you're beholden to like the guy that they wanted me to run run against in his first year, Hurricane Harvey. Wow. You know, I I don't want that smoke. Yes, for real. Right? I yeah. was out there in those streets, and I saw what it was, and I saw them trying to do everything they possibly could in that city. Wow. And it just wasn't a frame of reference. There wasn't anything that they could go back and look at to really help them with yeah. that. There was no infrastructure set up for that situation already. You know what I'm saying? And they're still building back the city they're still dealing with repercussions from how they executed things. Yeah. And I don't want those kind of problems. That would have been on your back. I was there. already in a position with resources and people to go out into my community and help those that needed help. Yeah. Without having to be in a public office. Right. Because you're restricted a lot of times as well in a public office. So, I mean, I like the change in effect. I talked to I talked to the mayor of Atlanta before uh, Keisha was was mayor and I asked him about being mayor and what's it like to be mayor he says a lot of it is a bunch of shit that you really don't want to do but you kind of have to do yeah but every now and then there's that old lady with that cracked street with a pothole on her block where you can make that call and have people get over there and help that old lady that day in that moment yeah and that is kind of what being mayor is really about the residual mm. ben- the residual you know benefit that you feel emotionally from actually helping someone right you know what I'm saying, right, so. but that is also something that, again, well, I don't have like cement trucks or anything like <laughs> that. But, but we do have older people in the community that need air conditioning. That you know, cars break down. Need air conditioning. You know what I'm saying. Right need here. help <laughs> with. Yeah, definitely. I've been, <laughs> wiping, I've been wiping my brow a little bit, but I've been doing that all day. Just, um, just but just. yeah, no. So I mean, I, I've I've thought about it. We gave it, you know, some consideration, but yeah. And then it's it's a big toll on the family as well. Yeah. But you could positively so my- affect change without being in office. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't need to be sitting in the mayor's office to. I mean, I, I work with the mayor a yeah. lot, you know what I'm saying? And there's certain things I've seen the mayor, you know, we had a lot of gang violence recently. Mm. You know what I'm saying? A couple of gangs in, in, uh, in Third Ward going back and forth, the young high school kids shooting and killing each other. Mm. And, you know, I'm sitting with him, I'm sitting with the mayor, I'm sitting with the assistant chief of police. And we're all trying to figure out how do we stop this? You know what I'm saying? So even being the mayor doesn't give you everything you need yeah, right. to fix your city. Right. You're still going to need resources, connections. You're still going to need to know people. So I feel like as long as I'm in the space that I'm in with the people that I know and the resources I have in hand, I can help my city. And if need be, I can help my mayor. Right. But I I don't think that's for me right now. Yeah. Ten years from now, maybe I might look at it differently, but it's just – I feel like they're going to pull up some of my old rap lyrics and I'm never going to be able to live that kind <laughs> right, of stuff yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And then before I even get started good, yeah, it'll be like, I feel like the people that don't want to see me in power already had that one in the, that oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. that gun is cock loaded. Like, that so that bullet's have, in the chamber. You, you know what I'm saying? As soon as, as I get up on the podium <laughs> and announce, they can shoot me
1: down with that yeah, right there. Yeah. Uh, second to last question. So I've, I, I've seen so many pictures of Bun B smiling lately. Um, would you say, that? have you always been this happy, or is has it been something more transformational that, that's happened in your life that's gotten you to this point?
2: I get compliments on my teeth, <laughs> <laughs> so I smile a lot, right? Okay. I've done a good job of, of, you know, my wife, I would say my wife has done a good job of making sure that we keep our, our dental game strong, and I just, I remember probably like eight years ago, everybody just started saying, man, you got a nice smile, you know? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I I do got a nice smile, so I just started smiling more. And I spent I spent years, right, trying to get that Ice Cube skull, right. like that that forehead wrinkle, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was it was really it was my resting face. After a couple of years, I found out that just me mugging the world was my resting face because. I would try to make myself look off-putting so that people wouldn't bother me. Wow. So okay. I would make it seem like I'm in deep thought, I'm already upset or aggravated about something so that people would generally keep their distance. Right. And it worked a lot, you know what I'm saying? But then I found out that there was a divide between me and the people that love me and respect me and just want to come up and show yeah. love. So I, I started making myself more accessible and I started making myself um, happier, you know what I'm saying, on a daily basis. And smiling a lot actually... Makes you feel better. Even if you don't want to smile, just smiling a lot makes you, yeah. feel, makes you feel better. That's yeah. okay. I encourage smiling.
1: Yeah, I don't want smile people to over. make me smile yeah. when, I'm, <laughs> when I'm upset and then I start laughing and I can't stay upset. And what?
2: then you're going to smile sometimes and somebody in the room is going to compliment you. Yeah. The ice is going to break and you never know what could yeah. happen.
1: changes the energy. I'm telling you. Man. Ask my wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you gave us lots of game, but last question. One piece of advice, knowledge, information that you would drop to the youngsters out there listening to you right now. What would that be?
2: If there isn't somebody in your immediate family or in your immediate life that inspires you, that makes you want to do better, that makes you want to be a better person, I suggest you get in a good church. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I suggest you get a better connection with Christ and start finding ways for you to have inner peace that isn't built around other people. Mm. Because if you go in this world trying to look for upliftment, some people don't find it you know what i'm saying and it actually discourages them when they go out in the world and try to find like man i want to do this well you can't do that go sit down somewhere right. Man, i want to try this you better not try that you know what i'm saying other people's hindrances is the main it tends to be the first thing they give you when you ask them about something hmm. you know what i'm saying so you got to be careful who you ask things to too you know what i'm saying so like i said if you don't have someone that you know that's always encouraging you, that's always trying to uplift you. Right. I suggest you try to find a good church and there may be a deacon or a pastor or somebody in there that's willing to listen to you or may if you're in school, I would advise you to find a teacher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Someone that not a young teacher, right? You know what I'm saying? I I like to see the young people involved, you know, in the education process, but a lot of them are just getting paying back college, you know, debt mm-hmm. and whatnot. You know, if you teach I know in Texas, I don't know if it's everywhere, but I know if you teach a couple of years, they erase your your debt. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people are going into teaching just to erase debt. You know what I'm saying? We don't have enough people that are actually teaching children because they love children and they want to inspire children. So if you are a kid in school, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but good, <laughs> right. good for you. <laughs> right. I hope this podcast inspires you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, try to just find somebody that you know that's been successful, right? Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Find somebody that's doing something. You know what I'm saying? It might be your dentist. You know what I'm saying? It might be your doctor. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it, it It may be your pastor it may be your teacher it may be the guy across the street but you know if there's anybody around you that you see that's going doing good ask him for that time maybe most bun, people will give it to you maybe Bun B yeah if you see me somewhere you know what I'm saying I don't have the answers to everything a lot of people come to me and want answers on how to get into the music industry the music industry is very different than when I got in yeah. but I can give them some encouraging words about how to navigate the system until they find their way in
1: awesome anything else you mm. want to uh, plug Uh
2: I yeah, Mez brands, you. baby. No stems, no hey, seeds. Hey, you know, if you're gonna brands. move in, if you're gonna move into space, man, move with us. You know, we're we're not just um, enlightening people; we're enlightening people. Hey,
1: <laughs> absolutely. You already know what it is. Make sure before y'all go to bed, uh, put that Trill OG on repeat. A uh, Return of the Trill on repeat.
2: Either one. I, <laughs> I get paid off of all. of them. They can put any put of them. All there. of them on repeat. Trill yeah. two, yeah. Trill. Go ahead, play all of them. Just yeah. go on that Bumby station. Yeah, hey, man. Grab me some, some of that Mez Mello Mellow. Cut on Bumby Radio. Some web. Pull out some of that meds and, and, you know, and just enjoy life because life is dope. Life Life is dope. We're going to end it on that note. I'm your man, Graffiti, and I'm Davey. Skirt. We out.